Who's a good boy? Hey, can you hear me okay? No, you sound really far away. And distant. Cameron, I feel like we've been getting distant lately. I just, I miss you. Well, I'm pressing my arrows. What? Good thing we're being so unfunny because I don't have my mic on. (laughs) It is a good thing that we're not being funny. Oh, say again. Hey, bud. Oh, that's so much better. Okay. Well, I'm using. I can hear you now. Yeah. That lo fi B roll. Okay, I'm almost done. I didn't mm-hmm. charge my batteries either, so I actually have to what be plugged in. For? Well, <laughs> you you tell me what's a funny answer to that because I don't know. Uh, boner pills. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. You're right. That is hilarious. <laughs> That's so good. So it's fucking funny. So good. <laughs> that fucked up, messed up humor that we're so known for. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Crazy, um, gross out humor. I love talking about our shameful D's. Mm. Oh, did you hear recently about the news from Uber? About the shameful D's? <laughs> yeah, basically. What the new the new is it the CEO, I think, of Uber was saying that she wants people in meetings when they're and they're like claiming the floor to speak to say, I have the D. And that's like their phrase to say, like, I'm empowered to speak up. Say, I have the D. As in, as in the dick? Yep. Wow. <laughs> Apparently, she got it from some uh, Harvard Business Review article from 2006. And of course, D. all of the young millenniums are just sitting there snickering, being like, sounds like someone got the D. She want, <laughs> d- dude, she wants the D. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, very misogynistic. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, let me just take a couple sips of my AeroPress before we start. Get the get my batteries going. Get my boner. The AeroPress boner pills. Ooh, I didn't make that very well. Or maybe it's the beans. I don't know. <laughs> ah, beans. Ah, beans. Okay. Are we ever going to start the episode, do you think? Yeah, let's start. I'm ready. This coffee's kicking in. Hell yeah. Falsetto style, Curtis Mayfield. Oh, there you go. There it is. The falsest of Eddos. Yeah. Welcome to think outside the <laughs> You want some sort of tilt-a-whirl? Set. <laughs> I'm on the merry-go-round, and I like the Doppler effect. Uh, that's a podcast about learning to appreciate an artist's back catalog, except that's not what we're doing because Cameron nope. decided instead we're going to do Curtis Mayfield. We're going to do him. To, we're going to do it. <laughs> we're necrophiliacs. Uh, now, um, after, after listening to ICP, we've been converted to necrophilia. <laughs> we haven't mentioned it yet so far, but that's who yeah. we are now. So if this is your first episode. We normally like listen to a whole artist back catalog. But uh, last week, Nathan shared uh, an album that is meaningful to him and tried to convince it us all that it was very interesting. <laughs> and now I'm going to do the same thing mm-hmm. and probably be about as successful. Um, Hooray. So, yeah. I actually do. I did really. Li- I feel like I came off the wrong way. I I think listening to an album 
while with the pressure of trying to f- have things to say about it is such a different listening experience than uh, listening to it, which just like, I don't have to justify this to anyone. Mm, that's a good point. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. a res- or I have a response. It's like reading a book for school when you ha- you know you have yeah. to write a paper on it. <laughs> yeah, our show sucks. Who came up yeah. with this idea? <laughs> so it's really good if it's music that we like, you know, uh, that isn't near and dear to our hearts. Yeah. Or you could yeah, do so, my strategy and not even think about the pressure of coming up with anything interesting to say and just not have anything interesting <laughs> to say. That's what I do. I don't know why you don't try that. Yeah. Uh, well, wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I forgot how much I cut out last week of you talking about Curtis Mayfield and Curtis oh, yeah, Blow I and this of, album and whatnot. I, I, I think I was just sort of excited about having anything to say at all. And so I just started talking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Curtis Mayfield is, um, I started listening to him when I was doing the music theory curriculum for my soon to be ex work. And mm-hmm. uh, I was, uh, at some point, I think my bosses were like, hey, this is a lot of like, a lot of white male. Uh, examples mm-hmm. in this in this music uh, in this curriculum because we were doing like a pop music curriculum so I was doing like basically all Beatles songs just mm. because they're like perfect uh, music theory lessons mm-hmm. um, and I was like oh shit you're right and so I I was trying to like incorporate more women and more people of color and uh, I was trying to find um, uh, I was doing a lesson on compound meters and mm-hmm. uh, I was like searching. And then I found uh, Curtis Mayfield and um, what song was it? It's one of his songs that was in nine, eight time. And um, is it on this album? No, it's not on this album. Okay. I was going to say. And it was like, oh man, this is a cool, cool sound. I really, really like this. He's got a really high falsetto. He's got these funky guitars and he often, depending on his band, but especially in his solo career, he has um, a... really really lush or orchestrations solo um, career was he in a band at some point cameron uh yeah the impressions and i think that's what i heard first was the impressions okay and you uh at least that's the impression me, that i get that's the impression that i get this was all a joke i'm actually doing a scott episode <laughs> mighty mighty boss tones for the win <laughs> uh punked never had to knock on wood um man i listened to that album so much back in the day i've never listened to that album Oh, you just named two songs from it. (laughs) Oh, God. Maybe. I don't know. I I mean, I kind of like it. I I know that there's like a weird culture behind it. Yep. Um, Maybe if we like went to the real Scott from Jamaica. No, if we did like the real like non-white person Scott, if we like looked at the stuff from reggae or fuck Jamaica where it came from. I have no idea. I have no idea about any of those things. I barely even know about white Scott. I didn't even know to call it white ska. Oh, well, I mean, it's not like it's all white, but it, you know, it was kind it's of co-opted by, <laughs> by white people and to a large degree. All right. Well, that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. Curtis, Curtis Mayfield though. Uh, so, uh, I ended up finding his album roots and listening to it a bunch. Um, especially the song keep on keeping on, uh, which is the second track. Um, and I transcribed it for my choir and uh, my choir of mostly middle schooler and high schoolers, middle school and high schoolers. And uh, mm-hmm. I like had this like really intimate experience of like 
listening to the music where I was transcribing it. And so I was like trying to f- decode all of his rhythms. And he has like, um, not all the time, but a lot of the time he has a really, really behind the beat delivery. Um, and he will put you all of the accents singing? on when he's singing yeah. and he'll put all of the accents on the, um, correct syllables, but he'll put them on the incorrect beats incorrect in quotes mm-hmm. he's like the exact opposite of alanis mm, um in that way at least in that in that way he has some pretty <laughs> alanis way, lyrics <laughs> that's true he's got a lot of vagueness and uh yeah but uh, i really don't mind it he definitely pulls it off better i think than she does yeah. mostly so this is an album that I just got really interested in. It's not my favorite album, um, but yeah, I thought it'd be a fun one to talk about. Uh, what What did you think of it? Did you like it? Um, yeah, I mean, I could pull a Cameron and say like, you know, I didn't dislike it much Fair. or at all. <laughs> uh, no, I liked it. I I don't know. I um, most of the old soul that I listen to is women singers for I don't know mm. one reason or another. So I'm I'm way up on like Roberta Flack and Melba Moore mm. and some of those who I just absolutely love. And I've I'd never heard Curtis Mayfield before or his band, The Impressions. So this yeah. is my first exposure to him. And yeah, I definitely liked it. I I don't know. It's it's such an interesting thing that these are the albums that we chose. And I think it kind of Damn. exposes our priorities in music. Yep. Like I chose <laughs> <laughs> music that one of the main draws is like cerebral poetic lyrics yes. and you chose music with really lots of grooves um that have lyrics that are trying to do different things yeah and and sometimes not really trying at all <laughs> <laughs> well i wasn't gonna be the one to say it but okay <laughs> so, some of the some of these are a lot of efforts Yes. <laughs> like the, some of like these are like have big aspirations. Yeah. Um, but got a big uh, some of them are just. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I definitely don't want to sound like somebody who is constantly c- critiquing songwriting from a standpoint of thinking that songs all have to have the same goals. Like they don't all have to be narratives or anything like that. Right. And so if John Cale can have his Dadaist, surrealist, imagistic lyrics, then I think it also follows that Curtis Mayfield can have his extremely straightforward, just like anthemic exhortations. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, And as far as the lyrics go, I do hear a lot of positivity vibes on this album. Yeah. I almost like utopian to an extent. Utopia. Utopia. And it kind of reminds me of some of the lyrics I hear in reggae music or maybe just hippies more broadly. So that leads me to like my admission that I haven't done that much research on Curtis Mayfield, but I'm sort of under the impression that he is responsible for um, kind of pioneering soul and funk music to an extent like he was like a really big deal in like kicking some things off i don't know to what extent that's true i could totally get that this album's from 1970 like that's pretty early it's old yeah it's old that's pretty it Uh, like predates a lot of what became funk and soul yeah he was born in um 42 Mm. so he's 29 when this came out nice um (laughs) i said nice (laughs) okay uh you know that cool 20, sex position <laughs> 29 
that's when you're like, uh, I don't even know. You have to be pretty flexible, but <laughs> if you can do it, it really pays off. Uh, 29 when he made this. Uh, yeah. And uh, so I, I guess he was the impressions he was doing. He was sort of dipping his toes into some of this like funk and soul stuff, but it wasn't as um, a lot of people credit him. And I don't know. I feel skeptical about this, but a lot of people credit him with like um, bringing um, a sort of political uh, um, and societal message into popular black music, which obviously Marvin Gaye was doing it at least before this particular album. Right. Marvin. So like, that's something I, I felt like a little bit skeptical of because mm-hmm. I feel like black music has always been politically subversive and like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't really know how I feel about that, but I could definitely see there's something to be said for like the impressions. Um, the early impressions albums that I've heard, I think are like a lot more kind of just doo-wop and kind of just candy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, then they're really good though. I listened to like yeah. a few songs here or there and I was like, man, these are great. Yeah, they're really good. And um I think he I think he starts going in the direction of um doing something a little more um a little more interesting, I think. Um and then I think for the rest of his career it's been like yeah, kind of like this album. Mm. I have a couple little interesting details. These are kind of sad, but um well, first of all, this is sad. That sad. sounds interesting. Okay. <laughs> when he when he he taught himself guitar and like he didn't have a didn't have a teacher other than himself. And uh, he just had a guitar and he had a piano. And so he tuned his guitar to the black keys of the piano. Um, and uh, made an open F sharp chord. Oh, crazy. Yeah. He's, he called it the black keys tuning. And then like, I watched a bunch of YouTube videos of people playing in it and it looks like super fun. Like it's just like all kind of bars, mm-hmm. but not in like a, I don't know. It looked really cool. Um, and that, I think, explains a lot of his vocabulary on the guitar. Mm. Um, so I like that. Um, and I feel like I just, his I, guitar playing is not super prominent on this particular record. What do you think? No, it's very orchestra yeah. prominent. Um, there's there's definitely some really nice moments. but Yeah, but they're like pretty I, understated. And yeah. mostly what's carrying these songs is orchestration, percussion, and yeah. fuzz bass. Well, I listened to a little bit of the the demos and mm-hmm. there's a lot more guitar in it and it's like oh yeah listen to that guitar it's mm. awesome um and i kind of want to dig into those a little more because i love the orchestrations mm-hmm. but i also really like just hearing a band play these songs yeah. so um i actually just had a student uh who i think might be a bit of a savant uh because today he sat down at the drum set at the studio we mm-hmm. took our students to the studio um studio uh, studio i don't know that reference <laughs> phil collins Cicidio. oh okay i just sang it so bad you didn't recognize it there remember it he sat down at the drums and just start and just started playing like some pretty sophisticated stuff and i was like do you take guitar i mean did you take drum lessons <laughs> you play the drums so well you must take guitar yeah. lessons <laughs> and uh He's like, no, never had a lesson. And he just smiles. He says, self-taught. He's 12. And uh, I was like, do you have a drum set at home? And he's like, nope. Uh, But anyway, this same kid, um, he he tuned his guitar at at school. He tuned one of our guitars to an open F-sharp tuning as well, just by ear. And I was like, what did you do? 
And he's like, listen, I don't have to use my left hand. And he just started strumming it. I was like, <laughs> you just tuned that to an open tuning. Did you know that's a thing? And, he's like, <laughs> and he just shrugs. <laughs> but um, so that was like kind of sweet. It was like, oh man, maybe this is a little Curtis Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Um, also it's reincarnated. Uh, Curtis Mayfield, uh, he got like paralyzed, I think in the 80s or 90s from some equipment falling on him like from the neck down yeah i read that a little bit his last album he sang it like line by line on the floor on the floor (laughs) just like lying down and they they stitch it all together it's pretty crazy yeah i think i've listened to that one it's been a while Mm -hmm. but and then he uh he also got diabetes and like type 2 diabetes and had to have like his part of his leg amputated oh yikes so it's like pretty like pretty rough stuff um but uh up until that point he made like and and through that uh he made like a lot of really awesome music and seems like he had a pretty pretty rich life of making art Mm -hmm. he's definitely my favorite curtis in the curtis continuum (laughs) (laughs) way better than curtis blow yeah let's see can we think of more curtises uh is kurt vonnegut a curtis surely <laughs> he's pretty he's pretty good no he's a surely <laughs> there's the curtis institute it's it's a uh, kurt is short for surely <laughs> stupid let's move on that's, that's the joke. joke you were making shut up um no he was born you wanna, kurt you want to talk about the songs i guess i was mostly right. talking about whether or not kurt kurt vonnegut is short for curtis <laughs> Um, actually, I, mean, I have just do the I have, episode on that. I have one. Go- <laughs> Let's do an entire hour and a half just talking about that. Uh, I have one question for you. Um, who do you think this album is for? Because in 1970, when this album was released, there was a pretty. From what I understand, I'm not. I'm no musical archivist, but from from what I understand, there was a pretty big split, a segregation between black music and white music, and black radio and white radio. And I'm curious, do you think this is aimed pretty much at black listeners, a black audience? Because there are a few tracks that seem to try for some mainstream radio play, like the last song. Right, right. Oh, man, I love that song. Mm -hmm. Really like it. Um, I don't know. He has a song that says the words black power a lot. Yeah. So like putting for a lot of white audiences in 1970, I'd imagine. Yeah, so maybe like he was shooting for like having singles that were like, you know, make him some money and get him some like broad appeal. And then if you buy the album, you got to listen to the Black Power song <laughs> and you got to listen to there's a few songs where it's um really specifically talking about race. And there's also some songs that aren't specifically um about race, but they feel he it feels like he's talking to sort of his like his people mm-hmm. like that's the way he's talking like um yeah so yeah so i that that's what i think okay. um overall the album is for black americans okay yeah cool all right let's start at the beginning with the first song what do you know what do you think it's called get down I love that bass. Yeah, fuzz bass. There is so much cool fuzz bass on this entire album. Yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Man, I would have killed uh, to play bass like this in high school. 
or yeah. or like I guess a few years ago when I was playing in a band. Um, but uh, you didn't have the heart mm. to take a life. Yeah, well, I was also playing like more trad country songwriting, which fuzz bass wasn't exactly welcome in. Right. Yeah. Um, this uh, this album sounds really good on vinyl. Like oh, specifically, it really pops. Yeah. The, the uh, it hisses and pops. Um, yes. <laughs> one thing we should we should say before we begin talking about these songs is that I demanded that Cameron synopsize all of these songs because I spent yeah. so much time <laughs> last week synopsizing all the John Cale songs, which were much less easy to synopsize. So right. take it away, Cameron. All right. So um, I never really listened to the lyrics of this song. Um, I think mostly because the refrain feels kind of just kind of general. It's the it's the perfunctory imperative to get down. Get down, get down. baby. Get down, baby, to the funky, funky, funky groove. When I hear those lyrics, I my brain kind of shuts off. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, this is one of those like meta funk songs. It's a, you know, how like there's all these funk songs that are about funk. Yep. <laughs> I just sort of assumed that that's, I'm, maybe they aren't. Maybe I just like turn my brain off and maybe I need to take a closer listen. Yeah. But um, I mean, George Clinton made see. an entire career out of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I listened uh, to uh, Chocolate City before going to DC. That's such a cool album. Mm, I haven't heard it. Oh, they have a they have many songs about funk and getting down, but they're really yeah. cool. So the the choruses are about that, and I'm totally down with that, especially because the song has is just like really fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the verses, it's like a real turn. Um, they're really strange. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're all children of the world, a hungry man in search for a hungry girl. What the fuck? Yeah. It's, and then it gets weirder. Weirder. It's strange, so plain, we're all cannibal, the most wasted and two faced of all animals. I feel like I could understand that fairly well, except the whole cannibal thing. I mean, I guess hungry man in search for a hungry girl, like, supports it, but that's weird, uh, man. <laughs> it's a weird lyric. Yeah. And he makes some really weird lyric choices in this album. This yeah. bit, he uses the word breed a lot. Yeah, he really does in really out. weird ways that is not good. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh these and then there's um one other verse right here. One can never point out the actual path of the mysterious need in a female's heart. That is so and, Alanis core. Yeah. <laughs> uh Man can only follow, not knowing how his faith might erupt. His and faith might erupt. Nudge, yeah. nudge, wink, nudge. wink. <laughs> uh, and then the genius says, "And his only proud." I do not think that's what the lyric is. There's genius a lot is of terrible genius. for this album. Yeah, it's the worst. Yeah. Um. So, but I don't know what the lyric is because he doesn't really enunciate a lot in this album, and often it just sort of seems like he's like he turns away from the mic because he saw something interesting or is communicating with his band or something. Or but, maybe he he pulls away to take a breath, like Tayson Day. Maybe <laughs> is that who's Tayson Day? Uh, Chocolate Rain. Okay, I was. Ga- it was okay. So I didn't want to make the gamble of saying that's Chocolate Rain, right? <laughs> Because I knew that it was a name that sounded like Tayson Day. I think that's his name, unless I'm like mangling it. And then I, and I just didn't want to be like racist. Oh yeah, it's Tayson Day. You just <laughs> that's think chocolate rain, right? <laughs> you just think all people named Tay sound alike? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, something like that. Uh, anyway, so I th- to synopsize this song, 
I mean, that's basically all the words, <laughs> but yeah. um, I think he's, I think he's singing about the sort of, um, sorry, I'm pulling up my notes. I mm-hmm. think he's singing about id and sex and gender and maybe like the irreconcilability of the sexes and mm-hmm. are like, in maybe in a more general way, our sort of natural drives. Yeah, I, I could buy that. Um, yeah. There's there's these lines. Get down, baby, as the rhythm should follow through your able soul. Get down, baby, play the part like a pro in a perfect role. Get down, baby, yeah. to the funky, funky, funky groove. Get down, baby, let the light reflect upon your natural mood. So I think it's, it's yeah, it's like basically it getting in touch with your animal desires. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, just kind of letting some of the pretensions fall away. That's interesting. So that's like kind of more of a positive read of this. But I think after I read the first verse, it felt like there's like some hopelessness. Yeah, this. there's definitely some negativity with the we're all cannibal bit. Yeah. The most wasted and two-faced of all animals. Yeah. You know if that was it, an Alanis lyric, she would have said the most wasted and two-faced of all animals. Oh, God. <laughs> 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 That's how they pronounce things up in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Silly connects. Yeah. Um, I have two notes on this, on the music. Please. One is... I have so many notes on the... Well, I have three. Yeah, I know you do. Uh, big time, big time sounds like Santana. Oh, yeah, that? there's some like... Yeah, guitar. Yeah, noodles. Yeah, some guitar noodles. Definitely did, some guitar pasta. Did you ask me to... I don't think I sampled any of it. I might have to put a sound sample in. Uh, but also, there's a bunch of background vocals where they're going, woo! And it sounds like the the percussion instrument, the cuica. Do you know that? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's like the straw in the lid kind yeah, of instrument, Yeah, it's like the, right? the, the straw <laughs> the that's like jammed. Yeah, it's like jammed into the drum skin. It sounds like this. so cool (laughs) it's so weird and wacky and wild yeah so there's background vocalists that almost sound like they're trying to imitate it yeah because it's definitely not an actual cuica no and the way this uh the way this starts um it's a really gradual fade in to the extent that when I would like play it, I'd be like, is it actually playing? Like is it Spotify just loading? Mm -hmm. I had that same same experience Yeah. yeah And and then you start to hear little like you know just like little yelps. Yeah, <laughs> it starts yeah. with the whoop. I should have had you just sample that. Oh, oh well. Well, we're gonna end up basically playing the entire album through yeah. samples. Oh uh, yeah, so let's let's play a little bit of that. Um, uh, it introduces the the horns. Yeah, um, at the fifty second second. You can hear the whoops there. Yeah. And there's some Santana guitar. And we get some of those sexy background vocals that sound like sex breathing. Yeah, very much. Yeah. Very much sexy. I really like that French horn part. I think it's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really cool. <laughs> uh, More and like I, French and like- kissing horn. I like that it takes a minute. Cameron, did you hear my joke? French kissing horn. French kissing horn. <laughs> let, let me let me let me deliver it again, so you can react uh, properly. <clears throat> More like French kissing horn. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Did a monster just come into your room? What just happened? <laughs> That's the sexy joke monster. 
<laughs> love sexy jokes. <laughs> yep. Uh, what were you saying? I love that it takes like a minute for the vocal for the lead vocals to start. Yeah. In this, and that you know they start with a fuzz bass. I sampled that. Do you want me to play that sample? Yeah, please. Yeah, you wanted me to play this part. There's that Santana. Yep. Oh, it's so Santani. Those bongos are so great, too. There's a lot of great bongo moments. Yeah, which also sounds like Santana, but is great. Right. But is great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I mean to imply that Santana yeah. is bad, but I that, don't know. Maybe I do. Ta- have we put Santana on the list? Oh, let's put Santana on the list, man. I feel like we probably should. He's got like a million thousand albums. Um, maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> and some of them he made with uh, Rob Thomas, so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, got the kind of emotion that makes me feel so crunchy. <laughs> Man, it's a hot one, like seven inches from the midday sun. <laughs> um, there's one more sample on this, and this is just, this is like good musicianship because I think it's a hi-hat, and it's just playing eighth notes, but the way this person is playing eighth notes is so compelling to me, like... Just like the pocket, it just feels so alive and not quantized. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like, just like one of those moments when I was re- listening to it a little closer, I was just like, oh man, that hi-hat is just like super funky, but they're just playing this, you know, the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah, he's talking about the issues, but they're keeping it funky. It's true. Yeah, it's definitely he's like, like swung to an extent. It's not just like robotically on the beat. Yeah, and he's like changing the volume. He's changing the tightness of the of the cymbals, um, but it, in a way that feels very intentional, but also very relaxed. It's um, also like so like, mixed really loud. It's yeah. very prominent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there's just like a lot of those moments in this album that I just really appreciate. So that being one of them. Anything else about this song? No, other than just, uh, yeah, uh, what a great excuse to like take take a closer listen. Mm. I mean the 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 wait the hi hat is no. I mean just this this episode. I'm glad we're oh, doing this I so see, that I, I have see, to I listen see, closer. I see, I see, I see. Okay, I see, I see. So the next uh, song is called "Keep On Keeping On." So that drum bit at the end is kind of like a descending uh, tone, I think. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? I. Th- it, it sounds like a hand drum, like the attack right. on it sounds like a hand drum. And I think it's, pr- it sounds like it's just run through like a phaser or something like one of those FX. Maybe, or you may be like um, doing that thing where you like that I see on some, uh, some hand drums where you you adjust you like push down with one hand in the middle of it and then you take it towards the edge. Have you what? seen that? 
It's what? like you push in the middle of the drum head with one hand mm-hmm. and then you hit with the other and then you change your position on the drum head with pressure. So you're like uh, changing the tension of the skin? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which I, would affect the pitch. Doing. Yeah. I don't know what kind of drum it is, but mm-hmm. I think yeah, it might actually like, be both of those things happening at once because there's definitely some like fa- some sort of effects on it. I don't know if it's a phaser or what, um, but it does sound like the pitch is changing. Well, I certainly appreciate it. Yeah. Anyway, what's the song about? Uh, so yeah, this is it's just a generally encouraging and uh, convicting song to not give up, um, which is yeah, that's kind of the main point of it. It's just like which I kind of appreciate. <laughs> it uh-huh. could feel shallow to me. Um, just like the idea of keep on keeping on just for the sake of it. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm kind of convinced by this one. Um, yeah. He so, didn't invent the phrase for one thing. Yeah. Who did it? It was, uh, I think it was Len Chandler. I was looking it up a little bit. He, he's, he's like, has like a folky finger picking song from 1964 um, called Keep On Keeping On, which was cited in a speech by Martin Luther King Jr. And they don't wave goodbye and they don't look back. So I guess I've got to keep on keeping on. Huh. Yeah. Some and then uh, Foxy Shazam used it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, in that uh, in the Hey Julian song, um, Oh Lord, Oh Lord, Oh Lord, keep on keeping on. Oh, that sounds familiar. Uh, Keep on keeping on is yeah a generally encouraging song. There's sort of an emphasis on um, uh, there's an emphasis in a lot of these songs about children and the next generation. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh boy, this one has a pretty weird way of expressing that. Yeah, dude. Uh, this is probably the 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 biggest lyrical misstep. Uh, uh, teach them to be strong, and when they are grown, they can proudly imply that we were an all right guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> what uh, the collective guy? Our generation. Yeah, the guy I'm, generation. The guy. <laughs> it's like we're all the same guy. Um, well, the last line of that verse is this nation's people are now united as one. And we all know that if everyone were united into one person, it would be male and not female. That's for sure. Cause Uh patriarchy, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's such a weird thing. I don't, he kind of tries to to pitch it as sort of a, um, like a colloquialism. Yeah. (laughs) That's a a colloquial bluff. Yeah. That's great. (laughs) Colloquial bluff. Oh man, that's my favorite he's seaside world, resort. He's world building. <laughs> the uh the Ritz mythology, yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, yeah. Are we are we what are we how are we gonna talk about this album? Are we gonna say roots or are we gonna say roots like true Oregonians? Uh I'm gonna say roots. Oh god damn, you traitor. I, I've never said roots. Really? I've only I've only said it on purpose. Oh. Rachel makes fun of me for it sometimes. Um, which I guess is she's fair because so, I'm she's so goddamn mean to you. <laughs> she really cuts me down at every opportunity. <laughs> I guess it's fair though. I make fun of her Cleveland accent pretty regularly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she she makes fun of me for because she's like, "Are you saying ruts?" I was like, "No, it's not ruts. It's not roots. It's roots." So isn't that interesting? <laughs> uh, I never made the distinction between ruts and roots. I guess it's all sort of a. Um, 
Oh, I'm so bored of talking about this. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, it's like it's like how New Yorkers pretend that that uh, oh, Mary, Mary, and Mary have different vowel sounds. Right. Merry Christmas, right. Uh, Mother Mary, who married Joseph. Oh dear. Buffalo, 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 Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Uh, oh God, I forgot about that already. There's a there's a bunch of uh, I've been trying to save that for a while and not just use it every episode. Mm. Um, you want to play that first sound sample? I did already, but I'll play another one. No, the twenty. Everybody gather round and listen to my song. I've only got one. We who are young should not Yeah, it wasn't intro. the one I wanted you to, it wasn't the one I wanted you to play. <laughs> well, it's the first one you listed, so Yeah, but I you already did an awesome like bongo moment and I didn't need to like uh, double down on the bongos, even though that's what you do. There's two of them, you double down on them. But Oh, like KFC. Want, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um that's the intro to the song, by the way, the clip I just yeah. played where he yeah, says that's a m- everybody gather around and listen to my song i've only got one on an album with seven songs so it come on funny. dude <laughs> maybe maybe he's just sort of saying like all my songs at the end of the day are basically going to be this song or something mm, yeah yeah maybe there's a deeper meaning maybe maybe <laughs> what does that symbolize maybe it's just not just a throwaway lyric introduction <laughs> i don't know <laughs> gather around children all right what did you want me to play when is the, uh the next one the yeah. right yeah Um, so this is what I was talking about, about the, uh, emphases on the, um, on the syllables, on the off beats. Mm-hmm. So like, I actually, um, uh, sent you my transcription of this. You <laughs> this, did? Yeah. Uh, on Slack. I slacked it to you. Slack just it now. To you. Yeah. Well, okay. well, a couple minutes ago. Uh, I closed it a couple minutes ago. Right. But, um, if you if you look down a ways, I don't know if you actually want to include this on the. <laughs> you could post a link to it if you wanted. Yeah. But um, the uh, he starts the word continue. So continue t like the the middle part would be um the emphasis, right? Mm-hmm. And he definitely sings the emphasis on contin, mm-hmm. but he starts the word basically on beat four. Um, which means that he has to do the emphasis. He's doing a triplet. He has to do the emphasis in the middle third of the fourth beat, which what? is the is completely unnatural to do. Like it makes no rhythmic sense. It's basically untranscribable. I transcribed it, but that's not that's like a closest approximation I can make to what he did. Okay, um, let's listen to it again he, so that the, yeah. everyone can hear it. It, it almost contributes to a feeling of the vocal melody kind of floating over the surface of the yes. um, accompaniment. Yeah, very steady accompaniment. Um, yeah. And some really good hi-hat work, too, as long as we're talking yeah. about hi-hats. Hello. <laughs> He's just Hello, a caps. one hi-hat player. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that kind of stuff is just like 
so great. It it allows him to write in this kind of more of a paragraph form because he knows how to deliver um, the rhythm, the natural rhythm of the lyrics in an interesting way. Um, yeah, that's not beholden to some sort of form. I feel but like it that's also definitely kind of what Alanis wanted to go for, but just yeah. didn't pull off at all. Yeah, but she would always like she would always musically conform. Yeah. Even when is, it distorted her pronunciation. Yeah. And it was always really awkward. But yeah, so like this is the first time I've really heard and noticed that, you know, because I had to transcribe it. So like he has a bunch of moments like that on this album. Um he has this one point moment where he goes at the end of that sample where he goes, continue to live for what you know is right. So he's doing these like two triplets in a row, but he's emphasizing the first, third and fifth triplet notes. Oh, <laughs> so he's doing geez. a polyrhythm within the triplets. It's like so sophisticated, like what he's doing, like, mm-hmm. and it sounds so good. So I don't know. I just love I love that about mm-hmm. this about this song. I wish he did this kind of thing in every in every song on this album. He doesn't. A lot of it's very groove oriented mm-hmm. and isn't the sort of ballad style. But right. um, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to play that? Um, uh, the one oh four. Man, those bass licks are so cool. Yes, the bass lick. I mean, the main reason I like that moment is because of the, uh, well, I really like the lyrics, but the, the vocal delivery is just super, just a really unique phrasing. There's still a lot of love among us. He's that, There it is again. He says, uh, mung, um, but uh is on beat one. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, to have that big, to hold out the word love on that beat and then to finish the phrase, I don't know. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that, and there's still a lot of faith, warmth, and trust. <laughs> Getting a choir of like middle schoolers to do that was like almost impossible. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So anyway, that's probably the most I have to say about any of these songs, but I think it's just like a really good song. And it, those were the musical elements that made me, yeah, forgive other things that like, you know, maybe some generic writing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a, this is a really long song. There's a whole breakdown section. That's a lot less interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, there's some c- fun call and response stuff. And, um, this yeah. whole album has quite a few long songs. It's only got seven songs total and yeah. many of them are like six or seven minutes long each. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like for all that, it doesn't necessarily overstay its welcome. Uh, cause they pretty, keep it pretty groovy and pretty interesting most of the time. Next song is called Underground. Some more Santana guitar. Yep. <laughs> so uh, I've mentioned this song on Get, uh, Get Up in the Cool. I, maybe I have on, on Think Outside the Box set before, but basically... You did when? This is, uh, you may have edited it out. 
I don't know, but I, I know like I've to cut out it. like half the things you say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a song about in uh, in the future when we've destroyed the Earth. The distant um, future, the year yeah. two thousand. <laughs> uh, when we when our asses get poisoned by robots. Yep. Um, uh, we all have to go underground, um, and then we won't have the luxury of being prejudiced anymore because of, um, uh, well, here's the lyrics. Where, where is it? Uh, there'll be no light, so there can be no sight and you'll judge your fellow man on the stand by what is right. They'll all turn black. So who's to know as a matter of fact, color, creed and breed must go. Yeah. Uh, so that's, so it's that's like a really dark take on, uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s speech about, that's he has a dream that someday uh, I forget the exact wording, but the people will be judged by the content of their character rather than the color of their skin. Yeah, it's it's like a pretty direct uh, reference almost. <laughs> yeah, I I really like it. <laughs> I think it's like really bizarre and uh, it's not necessarily super well executed because mm-hmm. uh, he starts with this whole like exposition yeah there's like, a spoken the word intro that's not on the genius and it's just yeah. all about environmental destruction yeah um but not in any specific way yeah you know? and so it's like yeah is this song i'm not sh- i'm not sure what the point of it is is it like he's not necessarily saying don't destroy the earth uh <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like utopian like won't it be great when we're all underground I, yeah. I can tell him I've played those video games. It's not great. Yeah. There's super mutants <laughs> running around everywhere and ghouls and, uh, you know, all kinds of crazy critters. True. I mean, but seriously, I, I, this song is about Fallout, the video game, right? Yeah, I think so. I haven't played that game in a minute. Yeah. They have a new one that's a multiplayer. Uh, the one You mean the one that's not out yet? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely have it. <laughs> The one yeah, that's not out yet. They got it. Todd, <laughs> give me that game. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll start playing video games again. I really liked Fallout 4. Uh, I didn't play it. Well, it's set in Boston, which really Whoa. tickles my giblets because I live in Boston. And wow. my favorite thing about that game was going out to Spectacle Island, which is a real island in the Boston Harbor, and just building a big base out there. It has, it has base building elements. That's super fun. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then... Not long after that, that, that I serves re- like the Minecraftian. <laughs> I was just gonna say, not long after that, I realized, man, this just means I want to play Minecraft. Yeah, <laughs> I spent <laughs> hours building bases, so I might as well just play that yeah. instead. So this song is—it's uh, mostly interesting to me because of the idea. There's not a lot of really interesting music st- musical things in here. It's the same groove the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most of the lyrics are kind of wrong in the genius, and I don't know what the right ones are. Mm. <laughs> But uh, that's kind of all I have to say about it. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, definitely an interesting idea. It kind of it, it was reminiscent of like um, like Miyazaki um, kind of bittersweet <laughs> moments, like when everything's in a Miyazaki movie, when like sort of everything's ruined, but then there's sort of like a silver lining. Mm. Kind of reminded me of that. Like mm-hmm. in um, they're gonna find silver yeah. underground, is what right. you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Like in Princess Mononoke or uh, Nasca Valley of the Wind or um, probably some other ones that have a similar kind of mm-hmm. 
kind of vibe where it's like something terrible has happened, but there's this other positive, you know, effect mm-hmm. of it. So, yeah, this, it, it, I don't know. I don't know if it's best as a song. Maybe it should have been a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Did you want to play the other sound samples? He's got mm-hmm. a cool echo. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here we go. It do, it doesn't really get quiet right away. Yeah. I can't tell if it just sounds like he's singing it. I, that's that's like what I thought the first yeah. time. I was just, he's just repeating that word. What? Yeah. Uh, but it uh, eventually fades, and I think it is an echo effect because he doesn't do it on the demo version. Right. Yeah. Demo version is really cool. Uh, everyone should go listen to that. It's on Spotify. Um, the it's all of this. It's basically the same, but he takes it and like shifts it um, like half a measure. Mm. Like everything's like two beats later. Mm. So it just completely changes the song. (laughs) And I think it's way more interesting Mm -hmm. because the groove, the groove is just a band and then he's singing it pretty consistently about two beats behind where he sings it in this. Mm. So it's like way less, um, you know, on the beat. Mm -hmm. So I'm a sucker for that. Obviously. Obviously. Anyone can see that. Next song is called We Got to Have Peace. Oh, such a good fucking falsetto. Yeah. I'm so into that. Here for this. (laughs) We gotta have peace. We gotta have peace. Piece of pizza. Love that za. Oh man, crushing that za. I want to eat pizza now. Yeah, I'm pretty much just fantasize <laughs> about pizza all day, every day. I haven't. I've been taking a pizza break, but I think I'm about done to. I'm. I'm about ready to hop back on the pizza wagon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this isn't a song about pizza. It's a oh, song man. about. It's a song about peace. It's a. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not peace. that. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, it's about peace pie. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's basically it. It's got, a, once again, an emphasis on future generations, but it's leaned into a lot, a lot more. Um, oh, yeah, this is <laughs> this is the one that has save the, the children, save the children. It's like that Simpsons character. Yeah. Won't, won't someone think of this children? The song children. <laughs> uh, this one also has the most bonkers, bizarre lyrics about children. He says, we're begging to save the children, the little ones who just don't understand. Give is. them Here a chance to breed their young and help purify the land. And I babies think children babies. I think children are too young to have to to breed. <laughs> There's that word again. Uh, don't uh, use uh, don't use that word that way, please. Just stop, Curtis. Stop Kurt, it. I beg I'm begging you <laughs> save me from these sexy kids. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, this is going to show help. up at, at your hearing someday. That yeah. sounds simple of you saying that. Um, Curtis, save us from these sexy kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the name of my new album. Uh, help purify the land. So I don't know what they're doing with their young. <laughs> Make, grinding them into some sort of fertilizer. They're, they're breeding the land uh, purified. Breed, yeah. breed it clean. <clears throat> There's some forced rhymes in this too, like uh, "give us all an equal chance." It could be such a sweet romance. Mm-hmm. 
think you just said romance because it rhymes with chance. I don't think. It yeah, I don't makes think it's a lot of sense. Actually, romance. Yeah. Um, there's the idea that uh, you know, uh, if you could bring back a dead soldier, he would say, "We have to have peace to keep the world alive, and war to cease. We got to have joy, true in our hearts, with strength we can't destroy." Um, yeah. I don't necessarily know if like I know that there's definitely some veterans or people who've gone to war who have become pacifists because of the horrors that they saw or like even just the ineffectiveness of it and become disillusioned with it. Mm -hmm. And there's some of like the, yeah, most authoritative voices about it. But I also know that there's a lot of veterans and soldiers who have been injured, um, who come back and they're just like, they become very jingoistic and they have the opposite response. So, um, yeah, this is also, I mean, 1970, 71. This is oh, yeah. Big time Vietnam era. Oh, uh, yeah. So this is one of those. I think, I mean, I Back think it's when like pointless a, war was like a new thing. <laughs> 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 yep. Yeah. Cool. Love it. Um, he's got these great lines. We got have peace to keep the world alive and war to cease. So you have to have peace in order for war to cease. Yeah. Duh. I mean, I yeah, chicken or egg. Tell and, me, I'm and wrong. they're at fighting. Convince they're at I'm war. Wrong. Chicken at war with the egg. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that might be interesting if I thought that he was actually making a sort of statement about peace being a pre-existing condition for war to cease. Like, mm-hmm. if he actually meant that, like, what does that mean? You know, but I don't think he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he's just saying it. Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't I don't think this song is very interesting. Uh it's re it's really nice musically. Yeah. Uh and his singing is incredible. Oh, um, that falsetto, man. Yeah. It's so sweet. The cool disco um, so, strings and really yeah. nice groove. He just says peace, peace, peace. Yeah. Like <laughs> Faith George Michael. Cuz um, I got to have peace. Oh, I have a sound like you wanted me to get a sound sample of won't somebody think of the children. Oh yeah. You know, I was just listening to I think I've mentioned this podcast before. It's called Hit Parade. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I was listening to an episode about uh charity mega singles, like We Are the World. And oh, yeah. it's, it's such an interesting, like, uh, exploration of how they developed out of the concert for Bangladesh and eventually yeah. ended up as like these just hollowed out shells of just weird cash grabs. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this part and this song kind of reminds me of that. Cause we are the world. We are the children, you know, that kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah. So check that I, podcast I belie- out. I believe him though. Uh, you know, in, in this song, I think, I think he means it. I don't think he's trying to get money with this song. <laughs> I mean, maybe he is. I don't know. But like, uh, oh. I think he's just trying to be just generally encouraging. And I think this is probably a time when people just were ready to be generally encouraged. It's like, you know what you need to be encouraged about, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> this is not necessarily going to project this, this song about peace and ending war uh, onto some other thing, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. Next song. Yeah. Uh, what it's, what's it called? Uh, beautiful brother of mine, beautiful brother of mine. Showing up all the new 
good yeah uh so this is the one that uh, feels to me most remi- reminiscent of uh black exploitation which is hmm. a genre that i am almost uh completely ignorant of mm-hmm. um and mostly know about it because of like um popular culture references to it or like snl oh, bits because or of uh insane clown posse movies we've watched oh and also that <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but uh, the movie Superfly, which I guess was one of the kind of seminal black exploitation movies, mm-hmm. if I'm correct, please tweet at me and tell me I'm dumb and to not stay in my lane or whatever. Oh, yeah. You're back on Twitter <laughs> now. Yeah. Yeah. I tweeted Griffin McElroy to try to make him use some of my music in, <laughs> in the Adventure Zone. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, Superfly, uh, Curtis Mayfield wrote all the music for. And so like this you know, feels like in that genre, um, kind of like funky, kind of like badass feel to mm-hmm. it. Um, and the lyrics especially, uh, are these, these are the ones that are very specifically addressed to black Americans. Um, and, uh, just taking it, it's a song about the advancement of black Americans through mm-hmm. outward pride and confidence. And I really like that, um, that this, that's what this song is about, is about being, uh, proud and having dignity Mm -hmm. and that that's the whole purpose of the song and, and unity in the dignity. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, um, I, I sort of see where you're going with, uh, the drawing the connection to black exploitation films, but I don't think there's really necessarily an element of exploitation in this song. It feels much more just like positive. I mean, yeah. it, it reminds me a lot of. Um, I just, I just mean musically. Oh, okay, it, it sounds like it. It reminds me a lot of James Brown. <laughs> Did I say James Brown? James Brown. He has a song. <laughs> say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. And that's yeah. that's what it reminds me of. Yeah, it, it's not uh, like it's not kitschy. It's very like sincere. And I feel right. like one of the defining characteristics of black exploitation, to the extent that I've experienced it in any way, is just like kind of an overwhelming kitschiness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's, there's an interesting lyric in here. Yeah. At last we've outgrown all the talk, all the talk, the, the ladies sing in response, Mm -hmm. devoting more time in the song. Mm. I think that's the correct lyric. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that's an interesting couplet. We've, at last we've outgrown all the talk, devoting more time in the song. Mm -hmm. That's like some poetic writing. The weird thing is the first many times that, I mean, before I read the lyrics, actually, I thought that I heard at last we've all grown a guitar. And for some reason, <laughs> it's like a foodie cootie. Yeah. It's like my brain refused <laughs> to not hear that. Uh, did I get a sound sample of that? I don't know. Uh, did you ask me to? Uh, oh, here I, it is. I, got... I did get a sound sample. Here it is. Oh, good. At last we've all grown a guitar. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of sound. <laughs> It sort of sounds like uh, if you were to to like drop the R out of guitar, yeah. you could sort of see it coming out That's of there. That's great. Because yeah. they don't really hit the K in the walk. Or sorry, right. talk. Is it talk or is it, do they walk the walk or do they talk the talk? I forget. I got confused. Talk. Yeah. Talk, talk. Mm. Yeah. 
we get some more cool fuzz bass. We heard yeah. it in that sound sample just now. Oh yeah. Um, play the. Uh, this is like this is probably the. I think it's the introduction of the background vocals. But do you want to do the first sound sample? Yeah. Hour. Just so cool. Yeah. I love those background vocals. So it's great. just such a great moment to introduce those background vocals after just saying black power. Yeah. And then just have them singing power in what feels like a very, very black way. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, and then this this uh, bridge is a very, very good bridge with two it's cats very, in the yard. Very, very good. <laughs> So you, you, I, I saw that you added the sound sample of that, yeah. uh, and you heard that song. Had yeah. you heard that song before? No, it doesn't Dude. have strings though. It was, it was like a keyboard eighth note. You're right. Groove. You're right. So you were wrong. You lie. <sighs> I remember things wrong. <laughs> yep. But this bridge is a very, very, very fine bridge. I think that's in 6-4. Um, it's so fucking good, whatever it is. Yeah, it's like, it's really catchy, especially after this like pretty, um, pretty straight ahead phrasing. Mm-hmm. And then it's like that bridge. It like really, this is what I'm talking about. Don't make a bridge. Don't make a melody that you're only going to do once unless it's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and he totally does it. He's just like, hey, here's a new melody for like, you know, 10 seconds. Yeah. And then you're like, oh. Yeah. And I just, I <laughs> so. love what the bass is doing there. And then the background vocals are so fucking cool. Yeah. Man. Yeah. These these are good lyrics. Uh, or at least I like what they say. Mm. Um, with cen- centuries ago, Few people would know that we, the strong black, would survive the attack after pain finally set out to be free. Now, what have we got? We got love. We got love is after every one of those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just like I, I like that that like look look where we're at now. Mm-hmm. Like it was really shitty for a long time, but like let's be proud of where we've come. You know. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, it reminds me a lot of um, the uh, the Seeing White uh, series where um, they're talking about like race as sort of like a technology. Um, and this one black man who's interviewed on the show uh, for every ep- episode, um, Chindrai Kumanika, who apparently lives in Philly. Hmm. Um, but uh, he he says that like he oh, – I hope I don't <laughs> misquote him here – but that he engages with blackness as – he knows that it's a racial identity, but he he more uses that as like a technology um, mm. uh, in the sense that he uses it as a way to um, have power and have political power and have um, unity as opposed to necessarily subscribing to it in um, like a at the end of the day, he knows he's just an individual with like uh, a much more specific culture that makes him who he is but mm-hmm. he also knows that he has access to this 
racial sort of technology and that it can be used for good. And uh, I feel like that's kind of what this song is about. It's like, we weren't a people. We used to be just separate tribes in Africa that weren't connected. And now we're a people. So like, let's act like it Mm -hmm. and, um, uh, use, use that unity and use that power and like get some stuff done and be proud and enjoy it. So, I think it's like a really cool encouraging song mm-hmm. and i hope i hope it was uh when people listened to it back in the early 70s yeah so pretty cool yeah um let's see Some yeah more good no, good okay. music moments uh there's one more one more that thing i wanted you the to show strings cool string part at the very yeah yeah at the very beginning when they come in there they remind me a lot of um a specific musical moment you introduced me to uh in is it terry riley that that wrote no it's steve reich did uh to him and oh yeah an ensemble called alarm will wait alarm will sound yeah yeah they play it and that piece is so crazy bonkers but they have strings playing with so much attack and with zero vibrato that i was convinced that it was a keyboard yeah uh and then camera's like nope those are strings and parts of this kind of remind me of that because they are play the strings are played with so much attack and also little to no vibrato yeah it's a cool sound yeah uh, I love that like disco orchestra unison string sound. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know sometimes it is a synth and sometimes it's not, and I can't necessarily always tell. Pretty sure those are actual strings. Yeah, I, but, they've um, got to be on this one. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's super hip. Yeah, and I love that like the idea of a like the the musical content of that solo is it feels improvised, but it's just so obviously not. Mm-hmm. Because it's, you know, like a couple dozen people <laughs> playing. Yeah. I mean, unless or like probably. one one dude or lady uh, played it first, <laughs> just improvising, and then the other people came in. And was like, all right, let's uh, let's all do that in unison. I guess it's possible. I guess it's possible. I I mean, I yeah. doubt that's how they did it, but no, I it I think that yeah, I think it's composed. Yeah. Um, and I love the idea of composing. Uh, you know. May, I, or maybe Curt, maybe whoever arranged it. I don't think Curtis arranged these songs, but like maybe whoever arranged oh. it was mm-hmm. just like, "Hey, this would be cool," and then like sung it, and then was like, "Okay, I'm turning that into the." They were like, he was like listening to the rehearsal, and then he just sang that there. I want the strings to do this, better now, better now, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then wrote it all out. So yeah, it, looks it actually like... reminds me a lot of um, some of the string writing in uh, Bite Orca, the oh, okay. album. Yeah, yeah, but uh, especially yeah, the song projectors. Two Doves." The song Two Doves." Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Mayfield must have been a uh, Dirty Projectors fan. <laughs> yeah, then. he just was ripping them off left, <laughs> left and right. Okay, next song is called. Let me get that clean. Uh, have you noticed that I've been doing this? Can you hear that? What is that? It's a little dog clicker. I just always assumed you're opening up drinks. 
<laughs> I've opened up eight drinks so far. Getting yeah, totally shwasted. No, I, ju- I actually just got it today, but um, it's something I heard about on the latest episode of Mabim Bam. Or no, it's, it's a couple episodes ago, but uh, they were talking about on the Mabim Bam subreddit. Obviously, I'm going to cut all this out, but um, on the subreddit. And there was a bit where Travis said something really stupid and you hear this, this noise like in the background on Griffin's track and Travis is like, no, no, don't cut it out. Don't cut me out. (laughs) And from that, (laughs) the Reddit user extrapolated that like, Oh, this is what Griffin does to aid in his editing. Later. He has a little dog or he has like a little noise he can make so that it sounds out on his track. Funny. (laughs) Yeah. Weird power move. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's like his brothers can hear hear him when he's oh like thinking God. i'm gonna cut this um and someone else another reddit user confirms that they talk about it in an interview and it's such a good idea just be like oh this is how i can visually distinguish parts of the track to say i'm gonna cut this or not right i wonder how so you're close. so you've been doing that this whole time uh, on this episode yeah there's Great. been a few moments where i was like oh that was awkward or this is something i said that was boring yeah <clears throat> Let's go on to the next song. It's called Since You've Been Gone. Oh, wait, sorry. It's called Now You're Gone. Since You've Been Gone. (laughs) It's called Skater Boy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, sorry. My mistake again. It's called Now You're Gone. You heard me back, all over sad. I didn't know I loved you so. This is probably my least least favorite song. Yeah, me too. Okay. Of all time? This, uh, no. <laughs> of this album. Uh, yeah. This is also the one that's most fucked up on the genius. Oh, yeah. It's so yeah, bad. There's whole things missing and yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's on uh, easy lyrics. I like the, this is a song about, you know, you, you broke up with Curtis. Mm-hmm. I, I did. You had a plan. Another man went off to hide. I could have died. <laughs> He could have so died. I, in my head canon for this, like, she broke up with him while he was hanging off a cliff. <laughs> it's like, she's like, now is my chance. It's a literal cliffhanger. Yeah. 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 It's, he's got so many um, really close rhymes and it doesn't sound, it sounds like, uh, like a, almost like a children's song or like a it bad does. high school poem or something. You hurt me bad. I'm all too sad. I didn't know I love you so. Yeah. I want you back. How do I act to make contact and get respect? That's, that feels like an Atlantis lyric. Yeah. I ever heard one. <laughs> uh, he says, I want you back. How do I act? How do I make contact? How do I get respect? Mm. Or he says, how do I make contact? <laughs> it's probably the most forced, forced rhythms of any of his, mm-hmm. any of his songs. Yeah. And uh, the, yeah, just the harmonic, tone of this song is like a little uninteresting to me Mm -hmm. um it's just like two chords it's one and then a five chord which is sometimes it's a minor five sometimes it's a major five um and uh it kind of just goes back and forth and it kind of feels like it's just sort of like a big elephant (laughs) or something like slowly walking Mm. Or something like that song, the Elephant Walk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's got a cool bass groove. I kind of like what the bassist is doing. Yeah, and the the horn part would be good if it if they didn't constantly use it. Ah, yeah. But um, 
Props uh, for using French horns, though. Yeah. Did you want to play the sound sample of the intro? Oh, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> we are Spinal Tap, and we're here to rock your world. It's just the most inappropriate solo. Yeah, like, it's so weird. It doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Does have doesn't apropos of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, it's totally contextless too. Like usually when you hear someone doing that kind of thing on the drums, uh, that particular style of solo, it's a breakdown in a song, and so it provides like a contrast. Yeah. But here it's just like he's doing these things on the drum. I guess just drumming patterns. Cool. Yeah. This. Just playing the toms triplets. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's not not my favorite song. Yeah, should we just go on to the next one? Yeah, it's called "Love to Keep You in My Mind." want to love you all the time okay it's fine with me okay well, now that we got that out of the way let's talk about this song oh yeah oh i guess uh, this song has a similar title love to keep you in my mind okay yeah coincidence it's just a general it's not gonna be really distracting out? now Are you cutting that out no i'm gonna cut out the thing i said because it didn't land all right fine i'll, I'll try i'm more critical of my you're gonna hear a lot of clicking okay. after things i say it's just a general love song, like not that much necessarily that it's not that interesting. Um, Certainly not lyrically, not li- not lyrically, but like uh, I think it's really sweet and I think it's pretty earned. Like I don't need it to be that interesting because I think the music's really interesting and it makes mm-hmm. me believe the lyrics. Um, yeah, all of all of the all of the verses are the whole song's in six four time which is one of my favorite time signatures because it feels like four, four time. And then you just kind of hang out for a couple beats mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you start another measure of four, four, and then you just kind of hang out for a little longer. Um, and that's like a fun feeling. Um, yeah. It's like a larger division of three. Um, so the verses are groups of three measures of six, four. So that's mm-hmm. also very interesting. And then the choruses are, groups of four measures of six four time Mm. uh so because of that i think it makes for a really compelling uh even though the lyrics themselves aren't interesting the the how they look and how they um how they take up time is interesting Mm -hmm. so it's like a it's like a pleasing uh pleasing shape for the song i think Mm mm-hmm yeah. yeah, it's interesting to have a uh, chorus that's much longer than, well, you know, a third again longer than the verse. Yeah. It's cool. I like that. It's not the only song I've ever heard to do that, but I like it. Um, yeah. This is the one that I referred to earlier as kind of being, sounds like a play for commercial success. Like right. this definitely sounds, especially the intro has like a really 70s easy listening kind of vibe. And I could definitely see this being played on a lot of mainstream radio back then. Yeah, but it just, it feels like it's too interesting. You think so? Uh, I mean, like, musically. I guess, 
I that's not like, necessarily true though, because what's yeah. what's that one song? Um, uh, Good vibration for you. Oh yeah, that too. Say a little prayer for you is in like eleven or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that like, song is bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Burt Backrack. We should do him next. Do him. Is he? He yeah. might be on the long list already. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like most people would just like not notice how interesting it is on this song, particularly. Yeah, I don't know what most people want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. What they like feel totally out of out of touch. Yeah, we got some more Alanis style lyrics. Your face is so mysteriously kind. I bet that love is partial to your sign. Somehow, yeah. I do believe that you are mine, proving in a natural way things that I could never think to say. That is a very Alanis. It sounds so much like Alanis. Uh, she's total Kurt head. She took a dip. Maybe her middle name is Curtis. Alanis Curtis. She's part of. Maybe she's part Where's of the that? Kurt the Curtis continuum. I sh- yeah, I. <laughs> huh? What I do you think about that? No response. I dare you to click that. <laughs> Well, now I have to because you referenced the clicking. <laughs> I'm not going to leave the bit about where I talk about the clicking in, I don't think. <laughs> I love hemming you in. <laughs> you do love referencing things that you know I'm going to cut out <laughs> or I know I'm going to cut out. Um, uh, play me some sound sample- samples. <laughs> sound samples. <laughs> uh, I don't know what this one is. It's this one. I seem to feel a spirit deep inside. Yeah, that's just some of that uh, phrasing that I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that's what all these examples are. So let's keep, keep them coming. Just in, interesting way to con- construct a song. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, as far as lyrics go, there's that usage of quote unquote getting high on alcohol that we've heard yeah. on a Garf song or two which I might have cut out of the Garth episodes but mm. the one of the lines from the chorus is drinking and getting high on wine yeah and I like had, that I'm yeah. gonna start saying let's get high let's get high drink wine yeah why not I'm kind of high right now uh yeah play play those other sound samples okay there it is Yeah, his singing is just so fucking good too. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I'm really interested in the uh, <laughs> um, what is so appealing um, about men singing in falsetto for sort of like sexy or like romantic songs. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> that's like a whole thing. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, uh, it's it's because it sounds like some of those sexy, sexy eunuchs. <laughs> Those sexy castrati singers yeah, from maybe Vatican choruses, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, but it, it actually kind of reminds speaking of sexy falsetto, mm. there's this moment in um uh one of the oh in the I think it's in the song Lust. I think it's in Lust by Kendrick Lamar in Dam. Mm-hmm. Um there's this moment where Kendrick is singing. I thought that it was someone else, but it's actually him. He's so good at so many different voices. Mm. I can never tell when it's him or, or a guest artist, but mm-hmm. um, 
it's definitely him and he's singing and it sounds exactly like Curtis Mayfield. Um, but he is, uh, uh, what does he say? He's, it's uh, something like, let me put the head in girl. I respect the cat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a lyric. Okay. <laughs> Wait, have you referenced so that line funny. on this, on this show before? Not on purpose. Really? That sounds kind of familiar. I don't know. Girl, I respect the cat. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. What I think else? there's just one one left. Oh, one more uh, sound sample? Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. It's happy. Oh, man, that fucking bass, though. Oh, so good, that Dick bass. Do do Yeah. That's the last song. That's the do last any, song. Do you have any thoughts about that song or about the album in general? Um, I don't think that I haven't already vomited out all over this microphone. What do you, what do you, what do you think about uh, th- these two experimental episodes we've done? <laughs> Huge success. Um, God, I don't know, man. This one feels more successful than the last one. Um, maybe it's just because I'm just like uh, have no problem just like bloviating about <laughs> music <laughs> without feeling self conscious. <laughs> Could be. Um, and, and you and you uh, uh, hate poetry. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, I think it's difficult. It's um, it might be something that we can try some more of. But I'll yeah, be happy maybe. to get back into the groove of talking about a new artist. And Spe- speaking of which, are yeah. we? Are we? Let's talk are about. Are we calling it now? No, we're not calling it now. We got. <laughs> okay. We still when, got time. When are we calling it? I'm gonna say this episode is gonna be released on Monday. Right. And I think let's close the polls. Uh, let's say noon the next Tuesday. Will that give that's, us enough that's time? That's fine. Yeah. I usually don't listen to anything until Wednesday or Thursday. So yeah, me too. Um, yeah. So All let's right, say it. it's going to be noon of the Tuesday after this episode is released. You can go to vote.boxset.website to vote on which artist you think we should discuss next. Right now, or, or between the two, there are two options, T-Pain or Sly and the Family Stone. And right now, T-Pain is winning handily with 61.5% of the vote. So I'm so excited. To, if that's the future you T-Pain. want to see, you can go ahead and do nothing. But if it's not, go to vote.boxset.website and vote. Don't do nothing. <laughs> vote for T-Pain. No. I mean, no, what you should do is, is vote for Sly and the Family Stone. And then that will make it more exciting and right. even things out. And that'll be nice. Uh, nothing will be more exciting than talking about T-Pain <laughs> and listening to T-Pain. I'm so excited to listen to T-Pain. Oh. I've already decided. <laughs> We're not calling it yet and people still have time to vote. Right. Oh man. Yeah. I was, I was just, one of our listeners was uh, either emailed or tweeted us and saying that like they cast a vote for T-Pain, but then kind of regretted it and thought that maybe talking about Sly would be more interesting. Uh. So take that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see what else you can otherwise, uh, interact with us in various ways by going to box set.website where you can see our nice website. 
That's how you know it's a website because it's in the name. You can email us at email.atboxset.website. Uh, tweet us at Topias Podcast. If you wouldn't mind, you know, write us a review on iTunes. Uh, share the show with some other people. You know, spread the word. Or even if you would mind. Even if you, especially if you would mind. If you would positively mind. Wait, but then that's going to, they'll give us a bad review if they mind. No, if they positively mind. Oh, if it's positive, if you mind. It's like saying, don't way? judge us. Unless oh. you judge us positively. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. I say that to my students all the time. <laughs> if they like don't practice or, or if like, or if they make a mistake, they're like, don't judge me. And I say, I am judging you positively. <laughs> You're doing a good job. <laughs> I always thought that would be hilarious if like somebody compliments you like, oh, you look nice today. Just be like, don't judge me. Yeah. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> you Dude, did a really good job on your work project. <laughs> How dare you judge me? <laughs> Yeah, you can also support us directly by going to support.boxset.website and kick us a few bucks on Patreon. And speaking of which, we have a new supporter to give a shout out to. Cody France. Cody France. Thanks, Cody. You're a real mensch. I really appreciate that. Good job. I'm judging you. You're a real wench. We don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Wenches and menches. That's what we call the Patrons. Let's play the game wench or mensch. Oh shit, let me, I might be cutting this out. Let me just click it. <laughs> shit, that's going to be our new bit, isn't it? Fuck. Uh, you should have never told me. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you would have just thought that I was coming in out college. Getting super choisted. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. <sighs> Cody France, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Cody France. Really nice. Yeah. All right, so until next week, when we talk about either T-Pain or Sly and the Family Stone, I've been Nathan Hunt, and I'm drinking and getting high on wine. And, uh, I'm Cameron Duet, and I haven't been keeping track of any of the funny things we said, probably because we didn't say anything <laughs> We funny. didn't say a single uh, thing that was funny. I'm Cameron Duet, and, and I'm all cannibal. <laughs> I'm Nathan. I'm a hungry man in search for a hungry <laughs> girl. <laughs> Fuck, I hate that. I'm Nathan Hunt, and won't someone think of the children? (laughs) It's a percussion instrument now. Uh, Uh. I guess I have to leave in part of that. (laughs) Or cut it all out. I guess we'll find out. I also made my announcement at work, so... I, what uh, announcement? About my new job. It's really happening. Wait, I thought you were already at your new job. No, it's not starting until July. Oh, so this is still... So this is still the place where people were accusing or spreading rumors of you having an affair with someone? Yeah. Yep. Oh, my God. I'm still at that place, yes. Love it. So great. So it's like uh, three three weeks now. Right on. That's a, that's exactly how much time I have to do my new job. Oh yeah. What? Yeah. Which which new job is that? Podcasting. Food casting. Podcasting. Food casting. I don't get it. What? Uh, uh, podcasting. That's your new job. Yep. Well, you're not making your money on this one. Uh, nope. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but maybe that's something we can. Uh, maybe that's something we could change because, um, you know, I have I have a I'm a. <laughs> It's gonna seem I have my feet in a couple pies. What the fuck? <laughs> Jesus That's, Christ! I, was, dude. I had that all like that was like loaded. I just had like a loaded gun. Apparently, yeah, you do sound kind of loaded. Um, so my feet are in a couple pies. One, so I'm gonna do get up in the cool, which is 
I don't know, it's about like half my current income at this mm-hmm. point. Um, and I've started actually eating that money instead of just using it to. No, no, dude, dude, don't eat the money. You exchange <laughs> it for food. It's I've been not building nutritious. houses out of it. It's not <laughs> <In nutritious. shelters. laughs> No, wrong, bad. Um, and, uh, and what happened? Uh, yes, so and. So I'm doing get up in the cool. That's some, um, and then I'm planning on starting like a banjo instructional series, oh. like a, a Patreon style. So you can you it'll be a podcast where you describe how people put their fingers on the strings. Mm, it'll be a okay, guys. Now imagine a banjo. Vodcast. Imagine a banjo. And you know, imagine Pete that Se- has five you know, strings. Did you know that Pete Seeger did that? Wait, he's dead. He did it in the past. <laughs> oh, wait, before or after he died? Uh. <laughs> I guess that's in the past tense too. Um, he did a vodcast he, of, of no. He did a vinyl. He just said, like he had a vinyl that was an instructional. DVD. Oh oh! Did I say DVD? You I meant it was a vinyl <laughs> DVD. You know those so, old DVD players. I'm saving all my eloquence for talking about <laughs> Curtis Mayfield. You put on the movie. Just put it on the put the needle. Watch Shrek. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Good times. I'm gonna do that. I'm it's, gonna. It's do got a warmer cool, sound, a warmer picture, and then. Just shut up. <laughs> and then I'm hoping uh, that I'll be able to allocate, uh, yeah, start taking on more of the uh, think outside the box set labor. Ooh. Whether that means, you know, we could trade off editing or I could spend time, you know, doing more posting and social media stuff or like that trying to get us great. on if you could, like, networks get a or something. Group going, spread the word. Exactly. Yeah. Be the outreach guy. Yeah. Yeah. 